This is Mike Elgin in San Jose, California. Here's a question for you. Is globalization being reversed? We, we know that in the political sphere, there are forces that appear to be resisting the continued rise of globalization. Populist politics, changes in regulation, trade and manufacturing. And this is especially acute in the world of technology, where in the technology space, even when governments deglobalize, they use technology to do it. For example, if you look at Huawei, Huawei is one of the is the leader in 5G technology. They're also very close as an organization to the Chinese military. And so the United States is not only blocking Huawei products, especially 5G products, but also smartphones and other products in the U.S. It's pressuring allies to do the same. In fact, there's a big rift between the United States and Britain right now because the U.K. Uh, said that they were going to use Huawei despite the risks, despite the U.S.'s insistence that they not do so. The ban on Huawei products, the way it's worded, meant that Huawei couldn't use Google's Android uh, in its authorized version. Of course, Android has a open source version that is not connected to the Play Store or any of that stuff, and they can use that, but they don't want to, so they're creating their own OS called Harmony OS. At first, this looked like it was going to be a kind of negotiating tactic to scare people into worrying that they wouldn't use Android, but it, this is a viable OS. It, this could turn into a real operating system in the future and even be distributed amongst multiple smartphone vendors in China. Those smartphones could be sold internationally. We could be facing a world where there's only a Chinese mobile operating system within China, only a U.S. or two OS uh, U.S. Uh, OSs within the United States, and then the rest of the world can take their pick. This appears to be a kind of deglobalization. If you look at uh, Uber, Uber has really taken a beating in the global markets. They're banned in lots of places. Uh, but specifically, they have actually cashed out in a bunch of places. So for example, in China in 2016, they sold the Chinese Uber business to Didi, which is the you know kind of Chinese version of Uber. So you can't get an Uber in China. They did something similar in Indonesia. In Russia, they ended up in a joint venture with Russia's version of Uber called Yandex Taxi, with Yandex maintaining a controlling share. So it's really, uh, you know, Uber gets a check, but they're not really in charge of that business. And even last month in India, the Uber food service subsidiary called Uber Eats sold out to an Indian company called Zomato, which is really the dominant player there. So now you can't order food through Uber Eats in India. And so Uber, which is once considered one of the globalizing San Francisco technology startups, will never be global. They will just basically uh, be where they're at or worse, uh, probably be banned from various markets for various reasons. And politics is driving a lot of this. Of course, social networks were supposed to be a globalizing factor, but they're not uh, global. They're not a globalizing 
uh, movement anymore. One thing that's happened is that the algorithms that control what you see on social networks, and I include YouTube in this, get more and more sophisticated and complicated and they customize what you see and how you see it so that everywhere you go, everything is localized. People from different countries aren't really talking to each other that much. They are on Twitter a little bit, but mostly uh, on Facebook and YouTube and elsewhere, you're seeing content from either your own country or you're within your own language and so on. Well, I go to Morocco a lot and, you know, it's shocking. You open YouTube on Morocco and in Morocco and it's just, there are no U.S. videos presented to you in the trending feed or any of that stuff. You, you can get it on your subscriptions tab. Social networks are self-deglobalizing. They're also being deglobalized by governments. So, of course, Facebook is banned in various countries, including China, Iran, and Syria. The U.S. wants to ban TikTok because it's, as with other things, is a considered a national security threat because nobody knows what they're doing with the data, or who they're tracking, whatever. And so the idea that there will be any social network that's available globally you know, this will never happen. There will never be a global social network that's available without VPN technology or something else. And so social networking isn't really going global. And in any event, the, the, the future of social networking is not the big mass social networks. The uh, entropy of social networking continues pace and people, especially younger people, are seeking out small, private, closed social networks where they can interact with people they know from real life and nobody else. And so there's just no future for social media as a globalizing force. And so this whole idea that uh, uh, globalization is being reversed seems pretty convincing. It seems like it's really happening, but I don't think it is. I think what's happening is that the downsides of social media, whether they're for citizens, whether it's for governments or companies, are being mitigated through various actions. You know, Europe, for example, has enacted all kinds of technology regulations that have changed what the Internet looks like in Europe compared to outside of Europe. And, uh, you know, for example, the right to be forgotten laws, where somebody who has stigmatizing content written about them in The Guardian or whatever, can petition Google to have the links to those articles removed from search results. You know, thousands of people have done these petitions. And so when you're within Europe and you search for certain people, you get one set of results, and when you're outside of Europe and do the same search, you get a completely different set of results. The GDPR uh, rules uh, make basically hundreds, 600 or more, news organizations within the United States unavailable to European users. I experience this all the time when I'm in Europe. You just go to, you go to the you know, San Diego Union Tribune from France, and they don't let you see it because... This local paper doesn't want to spend the money that would be required 
to comply with European law because they're there to serve San Diegans instead of people in France. And the reverse is also true. So there's a movement of laws within countries in Europe where various countries want to force Google to, ch to pay in order to link to news sites. The idea is that if, if you know, Google News wants to link to German newspapers and magazines, they have to pay those magazines to do the linking because they're using snippets of content and maybe thumbnail pictures. And so Google, of course, says, well, no, uh, we'll just turn off Google News for those countries that enact those laws. And so the result of European regulation is that news looks completely different inside of Europe than it does outside of Europe. But again, these regulations, uh, I don't think that is an, an, another indication of deglobalization. Here's why. We are, everything's in transition and in movement and changing and, and developing and evolving, and this is all happening. So I think the European regu regulations are a perfect case. The GDPR rules that are designed for user privacy, I th actually think Europe is ahead of the curve on this. I think lots and lots of countries and even states within the U.S., California has already done it. I mean, the California privacy laws were heavily influenced by the European GDPR. And I think it, over time, more and more countries will enact GDPR-like regulations. And so it'll come, it's temporarily very different in that respect. But over time, I think it'll, it'll come, national regulations will come to resemble each other in terms of privacy. Other ones like the European desire to force search engines to pay to link to new sites, that's not going to last. That is a ridiculous policy that will fail. I mean, you, you basically, if you're not on Google News, then how do your readers find you when people are getting news online? So so I think those those regulations will fail because the European news Organizations will change their tune. They want to be on Google search results, and they will petition to have those search results appear on Google once again. And so when they do that, the world will come to resemble its, it, itself again. I think what is happening is that <clears throat> the world is getting much more complicated. So I think globalization will continue, but there'll be lots of diversification happening. The coronavirus, which has been catastrophic for technology and will be even more so over the next few months, as I talked about in the last podcast. This is a wake-up call to technology companies that they need to diversify sourcing for components. They need to diversify the countries in which manufacturing is taking place. And this diversification is a globalizing process. Having everything manufactured in China is not globalization. That's signification. So when things are distributed over a dozen, dozens of countries, when manufacturing moves to Vietnam and Brazil and Mexico and other countries, then we'll have more globalization, not less. In terms of the rules, regulations, censorship, uh, and so on, what's happening is that despite globalization, there'll be local variations in the way everything works in technology meaning that everything will be more complicated. 
I don't see any cessation of the trend toward people working from home, people working as digital nomads. And so that's a globalizing factor. Uh, and there, there are enormous benefits that are too good to pass up for companies economically. So when you hear about deglobalization, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't think it's really happening. I don't think that's exactly what's happening. I think the world's getting more complicated. I think, uh, you know, there, there are political trends and, and viral trends and, and, uh, and business trends that are making the world more complicated. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's deglobalization. Mike Elgin Radio is a podcast without advertising, sponsorship, theme music, editing, production, a schedule, or a budget. You can find all my columns, blog posts, books, newsletters, and more at elgin.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you to all of you who have submitted, uh, sent me email, and talked to me on Twitter about this podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you for your ideas and your criticism and uh, everything else that you have said over the last few weeks. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.